Let me, let me read from Hebrews chapter 10 and see if this clicky thing works. It doesn't work. Are you right to click me? Is that all right? Give it. Oh, there, there you go. Here we go. So, from verse 19. And so, dear brothers and sisters, we can boldly enter heaven's most holy place because of the blood of Jesus. By his death, Jesus opened a new and living way through the curtain into the most holy place. And since we have a great high priest who rules over God's house, let us go right into the presence of God with sincere hearts, fully trusting him. For our guilty consciences have been sprinkled with Christ's blood to make us clean. And our bodies have been washed with pure water. Let us hold tightly, sorry, let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm. For God can be trusted to keep his promises. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. I'm not preaching on that, but I want to read that again and just have a think about this. Let us think of ways to motivate one another towards acts of love and good works. How do you motivate other people towards acts of love and good works? It's a challenge, isn't it? It's really exciting. And let us not neglect our meeting together, as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now the day of his return is drawing near. Let me pray. Lord Jesus, at the beginning of 2019, we want to thank you so much that we can enter right into the presence of God. We can come into the most holy place, Lord, that, that God that is untamable, that God who is to be feared, and yet he allows us to come close to him. And we want to thank you for that honor, that privilege. Lord, we don't want to take it lightly. It cost you your blood. Lord, it, it cost you your life, Lord Jesus. And, and we want to we say, God, you, Jesus, you didn't go through that so that we could hang back. You did that so that we could come into the presence of God, so that together we could do that. And so I pray, be with us today. Lord, I pray for those that have had a great year in 2019, that uh, in 2018, Lord, that they would be full of faith and great stories to excite us about what, what you might be doing in this next season. For those that have been, it's been tough, Lord, for those that have had illness or bereavement, Lord God, I ask you, God, be with them. Lord, as, as they come into your presence, maybe with tears, I pray they would know your everlasting love and they would be able to keep trusting you through it. And I just pray you'd be with us today, excite us about your presence with us, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So just before I start, I also, I'm only halfway through this and it, it, I, I, I kind of really like it. There's certain elements of this book that I don't like, but I wanted to recommend it to you. It's called The Letters, Letters to the Church by Francis Chan. And it's a real provocation, it's a real challenge to the church really, saying, are we being church? Which is a question that all often gets asked, but are we really living as the New Testament calls us to live? Um, it's an easy read, um, lots of stories, um, very short chapters. So if you fancy a bit of uh, reading for the new year, go for Francis Chan's Letters to the, uh, to the Church. And actually, I got it a couple of days ago, and I found it really was talking about a lot of what I was, was on my heart and what I'm going to be talking about today and next week. So that's a recommendation for you. So 
why are you, why are you here today? Why have you decided you're going to come along to this gathering? Why are you here at City Hope? The chair you're sitting on is a lovely chair. It's got two uh, incorporated cushions on it. Paul spent ages design, like checking the design of it to make sure it will take everyone's weight. Wait, uh, sorry, you're, you're up in... Yeah, yeah. Not yours. Yours are nice. They're mustard. That's fashionable at the moment. It's good. Um, and, the, the, you know, they're, they're lovely. In fact, if Paul was here, in fact, before he left, because he's, uh, he's on his holiday, and then he's kind of having a short sabbatical, just a week to pray and spend time with God. But before he left, the, he did the most important thing, which would write me a diagram of what the chairs need to look like, okay? Because he wants you to have a nice experience that you've got enough leg room. So unless, I think I saw Isaac here earlier on, unless you're Isaac Ferrier, he's not here, um, you probably have got enough leg room, hopefully. So, so your chair is nice, but I, I guess you've got a nicer chair at home. home. Who's got a nicer chair at home? Okay. Someone hasn't, because there's a few that have gone missing, but that's a, by the side. <laughs> that's by the side. And the reason I say that is because I don't think you've come here to sit on the chairs. I don't think you've come here because you thought, oh, I'd really love just to sit down on a nice, comfortable chair. If you'd done that, you would have, if you wanted that, you would have done that at home. I don't think you've come for the coffee. The people that make the coffee, they're amazing. But the actual coffee itself, it's not quite Monmouth, is it? If you, if you were going down, uh, you know, like Bermondsey Street, and you went into a shop, and you paid the best part of five pounds for a, a coffee, and they served that up to you, I think you'd throw it back in their face, wouldn't you? So I'm guessing you've not come here for the coffee. And I'm guessing you've not come for the world, like, famous preaching or anything like that. No, that's your... No, I'm joking. <laughs> right, at this moment, you could take out your phone. Please don't do it. But you could listen to the best preachers this, literally this world has to offer. From any continent in the world, you could sit and listen to the best preachers. So I'm guessing you haven't come here because you've heard there's the best preaching going on here. So why have you come to City Hope? Let me, let me paint this. You could be at home now, sitting in a beautiful chair. You could have Ubered the fanciest coffee Bermondsey has to offer and been listening to the best preacher in the world right now, and instead you've come to City Hope. So why have you come to City Hope? <laughs> right, everyone's gone now. You can tell I'm not the best preacher because all my notes are out of order. Let's try that. There you go. There we go. I'm nearly there. I'm, I'm actually out of... Here we go. Here we go. Sorry. <laughs> See, I, you know, your deepest, most human needs are met in community. Now, I'm going to say something that some of you might not agree with. Others of you might. Some of you might agree with half of. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to, I'm going to make this statement. And I don't mind if you don't agree. I'd still like to have coffee with you afterwards. It's not the greatest <laughs> coffee in the world, but, you know... It, you don't have to kind of fully agree, but I'm going to say this, and then I'm going to try and explain why I've said it. Your deepest, most human need are met in community. Community with God and community with the family of God. In relationship with God and in relationship with the family of God. As I said, you might not agree, but just listen, stay with me, and we'll see at the end what you think, okay? 
the community is the most important thing to human uh, flourishing. So if anyone's done any kind of psychological kind of looks at stuff, you might have come across the, um, what's his name, Maslow's hierarchy of need. And they say your, your basic needs are food, water, and all of that kind of stuff, okay, like, like every animal needs. But actually then, at the next level, the first level after that is you need community. You need a sense of belonging. You need a sense of, you need a tribe. You need a people. You need to know who you are in the context of something bigger than yourself. And so one of the most severe punishments a prisoner can get, if they've, if they've been really bad and, and they're still being bad when they're in prison, what happens is they get put into solitary confinement. And solitary confinement is when they're starved, not of food or water, but of social interaction, of hanging out with people, of community. And that's, that's the worst thing you can do. In, in fact, there's laws about how long someone can be put in, in that kind of environment because it's not good for their humanity. So community, whether, whether you're a Christian or not, we can agree community is the most important, fundamental, the deepest human need. Now, the reason for that is that you have been made in the image of God. And God has created you to live in community. So you've been made in the image of God. God is, uh, has been self-existent, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, living in community, living in unity for eternity. He's gone and he's gone in community. And then he's made us in his image. And so there's something within us, because we've been made in the image of God, we, we need community. We thrive on community. We love community. If we don't have community, there's something lacking in us. And it's because we've been made in the image of God. And not only that, when God made you, when God made Adam, he set him in this garden and it was like the best place to be. Everything was perfect. You could drink from the purest streams, better than any coffee we could offer you. You could eat from any of the fruit of any of the trees and, and, and it was delicious and it was perfect and it was lovely. And, and everything was good, but God looked at Adam and he said, it's not good that man should be alone. And so he sets Eve in the garden. He creates Eve and gives Adam to Eve and Eve to Adam. And now Adam has community with God and with Eve and they, they spend time together. And he doesn't stop then there because he also says, now Adam and Eve, go and, mo- go and make, f- make fruit. Go and um, have babies. Go and make uh, families go and make bigger community because community is so important it's so part of who we are so community is important partly because we're made in the image of God God is father God the son God the holy spirit and partly because God has set us at work to go and make communities and live in community so when you come here on a sunday or you go to a connect group on some, at some point during the week, or you go to a prayer meeting or some other gathering, you go to some uh, you know, New Year's event or whatever, my biggest, deepest hope is not that you have a nice experience. I hope you have a good time, but I hope, my deepest hope is not that you just have a nice experience, that you have a nice cup of coffee, that you hear a good preach, that the kids work's good, or anything like that. I hope your deepest needs are being met that you are finding yourself in community with God and community with the family of God. You see, your relationship with God is personal, but it's not private. It's personal in that 
when, when you accepted Jesus in your, into your life, if you're a Christian here, if you said, you know, at the beginning, it talked about how we can enter into the most holy place because of Christ's sprinkled blood. And what it's saying there is Jesus died for our sin so we didn't have to die. And, and, and if you're a Christian, you've accepted that personally. You can't, you can't know a relationship with Jesus based on your husband or your wife's relationship with Jesus. You can't know a relationship with Jesus based on your family's relationship with Jesus or your parents' relationship with Jesus. Each one of us has to have our own individual encounter with Jesus where we, we say, Lord, we thank you for what you did on the cross and we want to make you, I want to make you my Lord and my Savior. And so it's very personal in that way. But it's not, pri- it's not personal. So it's personal, but it's not private in that when you were saved, you were saved into a family. You were saved into God's family. You become a child of God, a son, a daughter, an heir of God. You become part of his family. That's why you call him Father God. You become part of his family. In fact, in a few weeks' time, in the middle of February, we're going to start a, a series based on Ephesians. Six weeks looking at Ephesians. It's the most exciting book. You should start reading it already. But what we're going to find again and again and again is that Jesus has saved us out of our old way of life and, and placed us in a family with God as the Father and we're all brothers and sisters in Christ. So it's an exciting place to be. And uh, in Hebrews, the bit we just read, it says this. It says, do not give up meeting together. Meeting together is such an important part of family life. Who's had enough of meeting up with your families? I haven't. Sorry. I've got all my... No, no, that's right. Oh, wait, wait. She, she's on the phone. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. Um, sorry. So, so, so in that really early, in that really early church, there, it was it was good for a while, and then there were some severe problems. People were getting put in prison. Some people had been killed. And so these, this, the, the writer to the uh, to the Hebrews writes to the people in Hebrew in I don't know where. <laughs> And, and, and says, listen, don't stop meeting together. And the reason he was saying that was because some people had stopped meeting together. No one in that church had actually died at that point, we don't think, because it says none of you have um, shed blood over, G- over being a Christian. But there was real problems. There, people were getting put in prison. And so someone quite sensible, possibly, said, look, every time we gather, we're getting in trouble. Why don't we stop meeting together? And some of them had stopped meeting. But the writer to the, um, to the Hebrew says, don't do that. Even if your life is in danger to meet, the most important thing you can do at this moment is meet together. It's kind of counterintuitive, really. It's like, what do you mean? What, how, if we meet together, we're in more danger. And, Paul said, and, and the, the writer of the Hebrew says, no, there's a more seri- significant danger, actually. There's a more significant danger. So it says in... Um, a guy called John Altberg says, community tethers you to what you value most. And here's the principle. God set you in a family, and if you leave that family, you will pretty, I'm pretty certain you'll very quickly move on from your relationship with God as well. And I think that's what the writer to the Hebrews was saying, is you don't keep gathering, you'll lose your, your trust, your, your relationship with God. 
because it tethers you. A bit like if you're in a storm and there's loads of trouble, you, you, you know, you're, you've got an anchor holding you down. And community is what holds you in the faith because you've got brothers and sisters around you and you're finding things tough and they're saying, no, keep going. No, listen to this truth. No, feed on the word. And as a community, we're helping one another. We're tethering one another. So when one of us is like really struggling with some area of life, we're all saying, no, I'm not letting you go anywhere because you need to be here. So community tethers us together. So what we need most of all is community. Community with God good relationship with God and community with one another because we're part of the family of God. So over the next few weeks, we're going to be looking at what happens when we come together. Why do we keep gathering? And um, some of the things that we do when we gather on a Sunday or any other point in the week are optional. The way we did Christmas, can I just say a massive thank you actually to everyone who was involved in who was involved in Christmas Paul and Sue absolutely phenomenal these guys all of these and Charlotte was doing the Christmas or like the kind of pre after Christmas event it was just you did such a phenomenal job and I want to thank you very much for that I know sometimes we kind of get to January and we move on but it's, it's been a, a great time I really enjoyed it um, so uh, some of the things we do are optional like the way we do Christmas events or whether or not we do a, a, a New Year's event or not. That's an optional thing. But there are some parts of Christian life, of church life, that are just really important. We need to do them. And, um, and we're going to look at some of them over the next few weeks. We're going to look at, I'm gonna, today I'm going to look at singing and, and prayer. We're going to be looking at giving and listening. We're going to look at baptism. And in a few weeks' time, we've got a baptism service. And we're going to look at communion. Because these are like not optional things. These are the things that actually are a real significant part of culture, of, of our community together. And so I want to explain why they are so important. So starting off with singing or with our times of worship like we've just been led in just now. Why are these times important? It's a bit of a, an odd thing really, isn't it? To sing songs together. What's all that about? But the reality is every culture... For every culture, singing is very important. And again, it it kind of resonates somewhere deeply within us. Whether you can sing or whether you can't sing is not really the issue. Because there's something within us as humans that just respond in a certain way to that harmony and that melody. And in the broadest sense, worship, when when we talk about worship, in the broadest sense, it's giving your life to Jesus. It's saying, everything I have belongs to you. But then on a Sunday or some other gatherings when we come together, we say we're going to have a time of worship. And in that narrow sense, I suppose, we're talking about when as believers we come together and we proclaim together the glory of God. We tell each other, we remind the heavens and anyone that will listen why, why Jesus is so amazing, why we love the Spirit of God, why we love what the Father does for us and who He is. When we come together and we sing, that's what we're doing. We're proclaiming the glory of God together. And throughout the Bible, there's loads of instances of what what we might call corporate worship, when people are coming together to worship. And I want to just have a look at a couple of them now. So Psalm 100 says, Shout to joy, shout with joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with singing singing with joy acknowledge that the lord is god 
He made us and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pastures. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name for he is good. His unfailing love continues forever and his faithfulness continues to every generation. And so we want to come every, every time we meet, anytime we can gather together, we want to come and worship him, lift up his name, give a, a, a shout of praise, something of the joy of what God's done in us is welling up and we're kind of expressing it in our singing. And, and that's what we're looking to do. That's lo- what we're looking to cultivate as we come together. It says in, in Chronicles chapter 5, it's the dedication of the temple. When God does amazing things in the Bible, it's not a coincidence that he does them in pivotal moments. It's not a coincidence that this story that I'm about to read happens when all the people have come together. So they've built this temple to God, and it looks amazing. It's, it's there in Jerusalem, and they're about to dedicate it. And it says this, The trumpeters and the singers perform together in unison to praise and give thanks to the Lord. Accompanied by trumpets and cymbals and by other instruments, they raised their voices and they praised the Lord with these words. He is good. His faithful, Lord, um, his faithful love endures forever. At that moment, a thick cloud filled the temple of the Lord and the priests could not continue their service because of the cloud. For the glorious presence of the Lord filled the temple and just imagine if we had those moments together as we came either on a Sunday or in a prayer meeting or the kids when they're in their kids work where they're just worshipping they're singing their hearts out and then suddenly the presence of God comes so thickly so strongly that no one can do anything whoever was preaching can't preach whoever was making coffee can't go out and make coffee imagine if that was the experience we had and that's something when we come together it wasn't it wasn't by chance that that happened when the people were together it wasn't like if they weren't there singing it still would have happened no god was honoring the fact that the people had come together and were bringing glory and honor to his name and you can't fabricate this stuff you can't make it happen but when it does happen if you've ever been into a place where you just feel that sense of the power and the presence of God, it's such a phenomenal thing. And it's something we can pray for. It's something at the beginning of the service, often there's people upstairs praying for the service, saying, Holy Spirit, would you come and meet with us? Dwell with your people today. Be with us today. And it's an exciting thing when it happens. And we should be looking for that. We should be praying, God, would you reveal yourself to City Hope? As we come together, would you show something of your glory so we can respond by just adoration and glory as well? Amen? Amen. And it happens in the New Testament as well. In Colossians chapter 3, it says, Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly. Listen to this. I find this interesting. As you teach and admonish one another, I always get admonished. What does admonish mean? Tell each other off? correct that kind of thing sorry i should have checked one another with all wisdom listen to this through psalms hymns and songs from the spirit singing with to god with gratitude in your heart so actually when we're singing together we that stuff should help christ is dwelling among us richly that sounds good doesn't it christ is with us and also we can teach And we can correct one another 
And the Holy Spirit is doing something in all of that as well as we are singing. And so there's something powerful happening when the people of God come together and raise their voices up in song. And, and that's, this is not just a theory. I've seen this happen at the Beer and Carols event that we had a, a couple of weeks ago. The, it was brilliant. We had a, a group of us and we were singing our hearts out and the pub was full with lots of different... There was a wake had happened and uh, we were just having a great time. Even the people that having in the wake were having a good time. It was brilliant. Um, and uh, we had an interval and I went up and chatted to a guy in the interval. He was about 70-something years old and... Um, I said to him, he was, he's there every night. He's a, he's a proper solid, he's proper Bermondsey. He's like, yeah. not Paul. Paul's from Kent, really. Right? But it's like proper Bermondsey. Like, and uh, Paul's not here. He's easy, isn't he? I can't. Um, he's, he's proper Bermondsey. And, and I said, I, I hope we haven't disturbed you. Have you enjoyed yourself? And he said, he was almost, he was almost dumbstruck. Is all like it. He said, I don't get what's happening here. I said, like, what? He said, like, you, I've, I didn't know people like you existed. And I said, I said what do you mean? He said, like, you, you sing, just you're, you're so happy. You sing so full of joy. Well, I don't get it. I didn't know people existed like that. What kind of church are you? And I was like, well, we go to see her. And he just looked baffled. He was like, I don't get it. Do you know there's a verse in the Bible, in, in the, in the um, Psalms, it says, deep calls to deep. I, and there's, I wonder whether something within him saw us singing and heard us singing and saw something in our faces which spoke somewhere deep in his soul. And it's like deep calling out to deep. It's like, I don't get what's going on. I'm like, I don't even know what ding dong merrily on high means. It's like, this is, we, like, what's going on? And, but he's like, there. Something was happening. And do you know, the more we do this, the more we kind of sing to God, and hopefully there's visitors here that don't know Jesus maybe, and actually hopefully what you'll see is as we sing, you'll see something of the truth of what we're singing. And Christ comes and dwells richly among us, and so there's life in this place as we sing our songs of worship. So when we come together, we need to sing with gusto. Do you know the most important worship leader in the church? is Marlon. Marlon I I don't know I don't I don't I don't know how Pat do I don't know what you do in the morning Yeah It's got it's definitely nothing to do with shampoo is it Cut it but but honestly if you asked any worship leader you'd be, you'd the first thing you're looking at okay what what band have I got the second one is is Marlon going to be there If Marlon's there you're like we're going to have a good time uh, it's true. But why? Because he comes with gusto. He comes knowing that he's, he's, he's here to worship God. The King of kings, the Lord of lords. He's here to fix his eyes. It doesn't matter. Things have gone terribly during the week. Things have gone amazing during the week. But I'm here to serve and worship God today. And so I'm going to do it with passion. Amen? And that's what we want to be doing. And so if you want to learn, if you want to learn something about worship, sit near him. You'll be like, oh, okay. Right, and, and I'll give everyone permission. Let's do this thing with gusto. It'll be good. Gusto is a good word, isn't it? And not just here on a Sunday. We had a, a couple of awkward uh, elders meetings. Where r- recently, we've had... Uh, we, we, we've thought, do you know what we're going to do? We're going to start by singing together. And uh, we've done it once in Paul's house. And um, afterwards, he was like, oh, 
my, my nephew was upstairs. I hope he didn't feel... And it, and it feels a little bit weird at first, but the reason we did it was because we want, we want to remember that when we meet together as elders, the, f- the main reason we're here is because we want to bring glory and honor to Jesus. And so we're going we're gonna to sing. We're going to remind ourselves. And so we're going to sing out of... Tr- actually, we're not too bad, actually. We've got, we've got quite nice voice, voices. But, um, but we're, we're going to sing to the glory of God to start with to remind ourselves of why we're here we don't do it every time but I really encourage you it doesn't matter if you can't sing if you can play an instrument brilliant you can bless some other people but sometimes when you're getting together why not sing a song of glory to Jesus and see what happens should be exciting so that's singing that's what we do here and so I really want to encourage you to come and sing with gusto on a Sunday morning get here nice and early if, you're, if you've got kids here you've got a reason to get here early because you've got to sign in that's a, just a clever trick to get you here. No, it's not. Um, it's for health and safety reasons. Um, but, but actually, making sure you're here, ready to go, is a great way of making sure you can sing with gusto because actually you're not, you're not just like, oh, panicked, I can't. You're, that, you're there, you're ready to worship. We have a prayer meeting normally starts at around 10 o'clock upstairs and you can lead that prayer meeting if you turn up first. And, uh, and it's just to, to remind ourselves of why we're here, to see the glory of God come and to, to have relationship with him, community with him, and community with the family of God as well. So that's worship, and then prayer. I'm not going to talk for too long on prayer, um, but prayer is a, was an integral part of the early church. So when they sang in the Old Testament on that day, the presence of God came, and it was like cloud filled the place, and it was incredible. It was when they were praying in Acts chapter 2 and they, they were praying and the presence of God came like tongues of fire on them and in that moment as they were praying they saw uh, thousands of people saved they saw God fill them with boldness the Holy Spirit was poured out on the people of God and so prayer is really important but it didn't just happen once you see in Acts chapter 4 again Peter and John have been put in prison they've been released or, or got out I can't remember which one and then they go and they have a prayer meeting as a church they gather together and they pray they seek God and what happens they pray for boldness and they pray for power and the place they're standing in the place they're praying in shakes with the power of God it's an incredible thing to happen and it wasn't just um, uh, it wasn't just a, a kind of accident that it happened when they were praying it, it happened because they were praying that's when God chose to pour out his power that's when the Holy Spirit fell on them when they prayed and so prayer is a significant part of church life and we've got a week of prayer coming up this week a real opportunity to seek God and call on his name and to say God in this year do you want to do something with us because we want to do something with you and we've got a few a, a number of opportunities sorry I've clicked I didn't put it up we've got a number of opportunities that I've already, we've already talked about so tomorrow we're going to be praying hopefully we're going to have uh, Sharo and Lex and Dean and Donna um, kind of with a video kind of projection they're going to be in the room with us leading us in prayer for some of the nations that we want to affect as a, as a, as a church and so that's going to be a really exciting time. Eight o'clock, make sure you're there. Uh, hopefully the technology will work. On Tuesday morning, we're going to have a prayer meeting um, at uh, seven till eight o'clock. You're very welcome to come to that. The King's Constructions guys meet every, every morning here and they're going to they're gonna be there, I'm sure. And uh, it would be just great to pray there. On the Wednesday 
evening. Um, we're, we're saying go to your connect groups, get into your connect groups and spend some time praying. Uh, tomorrow we'll send out an email with some prayer points if you want to use them or you can pray for whatever you want to pray for. If you're not in a connect group, we're going to have a prayer meeting here at eight o'clock. So if you're not in a group and you'd like to pray, make sure you come here. Dan's going to lead that time of prayer. That will be exciting. On Thursday, we've got a family prayer meeting for um, kids of um, primary school age, well, primary, secondary, and their whole families. So you're very welcome to that. I can't remember what time that was. Was it four? Come from court. The doors will be open from quarter to three. I think I made a mistake somewhere. So uh, quarter to four. No. Okay, quarter to four. And then um, on the Friday... I'm excited about this prayer meeting because we're gonna, um, we were going to do a 24 hours and then I thought, no, we're talking about gathering, so it'd be good to gather together to pray and we're going to spend some time worshipping, singing with gusto, lifting up our voices to him and if he allows us because the spirit of God hasn't fallen down in that way quite at that moment, um, we, I've asked Pete King and I've asked um, Philip and Patricia to lead us in, wor- in prayer. And the reason I've asked these people is because I think they've, uh, lots of people have, have gone forwards in prayer, but these guys have gone forwards in prayer, and they're going to be able to help us as we look to grow in prayer. So they're going to lead us in some time of just praying for a whole load of different things, but we're gonna, it's, it's, it's as much as praying as, as learning how to pray as well. And so I really want to encourage you to get there. If you, if you want to bring your kids along, they can sleep on the side somewhere. You're very welcome to. Um, but that will be 8 till... 10.30 stroke late. We'll see what happens. That'll be good. So that's the plan. So we want to be a, a community that's meeting together regularly because we want to see, we want to we have community with God and we want to have community with the family of God. Actually, can I ask the band to come up because we're going to spend a few minutes just, just singing if that's all right. With gusto. And we want to we be, be a church that is is, is up for worshipping together with all our heart and going for it and saying, do you know what? What an opportunity. We get to gather together and sing to the praise of God. And, and we want to be a church that's doing the same in prayer, that we're meeting him on our knees in prayer. If, um, I just want to say a couple of things. I said at the beginning, your deepest need is community with God and community with the family of God. And I just want to, if you're not a Christian, if you, if you would say, I haven't had that personal encounter with Jesus where I've, I've given him my life, but you would like to, I'd really, I'd really love you. During this song, you can come and find me or whoever you came with and, and, and we'll pray about it. We'll chat about it and we'll pray about it. That Jesus would become your Lord and Savior and then you become part of the family of God. And if you, if you are a Christian, if you've given your life to Jesus, but you're not baptized, that public declaration of, actually, I'm putting my trust in Jesus. His sprinkled blood has cleansed me. I've been washed whiter than snow. I've been washed. And you want to you wanna get baptized, I'd love you to find me again, because in a couple of weeks' time, we're going to have a baptism celebration. It's a great opportunity for that. So we're going to sing a song.